Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Our responsive reading today is going to come from Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, the New Living Translation, beginning at verse 35. And we will read responsively. I will begin and you will follow and read in the congregational space. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Together, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. We have read responsively. Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. This is the word of God for the people of God. And the proper response is, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and bless you for this day, for allowing us to come together with a reasonable portion of health and sense, uh, giving us the activity of our limbs, and giving us a mind to lift your name. We pray now that the worship that we offer to you, those who are listening and will offer worship on the digital platform and those who are in person that our worship, regardless of the vehicle, will be acceptable in your sight, that you will be glorified and that your people will be edified. We ask these blessings now in Jesus name. Amen. Come on, let's lift our hands together and let's praise God in this place. Praise the Lord, everybody. Anybody come to bless the name of the Lord this morning? Anybody know we serve a big God? Come on, clap your hands with us like this. And mighty, and his plan 
of Jesus. We have the victory. Come on, say in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Precious name of Jesus. Say it all. worship the name of the Lord this morning in spite of how the week looked this week we come to worship you God and we come to give you glory for you are God we worship you we give you reverence today God the Lord is my light and salvation whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? I will wait on you. I will wait on you. Said I will trust. In you, I will trust in you. Come on, say the Lord, the Lord is my light and sound. That's it. Who shall I fear? Who shall I fear? Who shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and sound. Who shall I fear? Who shall I fear? Go say, I will wait on you. See, I will wait on you. See, I will trust in you. See, I will trust in you. Come on, say, hey, I will remain. Confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Come on, look at him say, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. The Lord is mine. So who shall I fear? Who shall I be afraid? Come on, say, Try. 
matter what the situation look like, God. Said, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness, the goodness of the Lord. We come to magnify the name of the Lord this morning. We come to declare that we set our hopes on you. We set our hopes on the one. Hallelujah. Come on. Hey, say, we set our hopes on you. We set our hope on your love. We set our hope on the one who is the everlasting God. You are the everlasting God. You are the, come on, let's say it together. We said, we said our we set our hope. We set our hope on the one. We set our hope on the one who is the Come on. God. You are the everlasting. That's it. Come on, church. Lift it up. Everybody say you are. Come on, say. We set our hope. We set our hope on the one. We set our hope on the one. of the Lord I will remain confident in this I will see the goodness of the Lord come on can we say this together I will remain confident in this I will see that's it lift it up everybody lift your voice and say I will remain Goodness of the Lord. If you let it come on, clap your hands and give God glory in this place. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. He's truly worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We give you glory, God. We give you praise. Father, we thank you and bless you for this day and for this time. We pray now that you will bless our time in your word, that everything we do and say will be pleasing in your sight and will bring glory and honor to you. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For many, it is the number one determining factor as to whether a business will survive or not. According to new data gathered after COVID-19, more than half of those surveyed, 58%, said their expectations for it are higher today than they were a year ago. 66% of customers said they would switch brands if it wasn't present in the brand they were currently using. 71% of customers say they want to experience it consistently across every encounter and engagement they have with a business, but only 29% say they get it. 80% of people said they would be willing to pay more to make sure they get it. It used to be nice to have, but now it's an expectation. It used to be viewed as a luxury, but now it is a necessity. It's called great customer service. Customer service is so important now to a business's success, even if they have a great product, that great product will sit on the shelf if they have poor customer service. Good customer service is not only about bringing customers back, but it's about helping those customers bring you new customers as you continue serving them. And in an era where companies are learning to prioritize customer service, any company that does not have good customer service will crash and burn. But here's the question I want to ask you today. Why do businesses believe in the importance of customer service more than the believers believe and practice Christian service. We will quickly say we're not going back to a place that does not appreciate us and does not give us customer service. But how is it that those of us who name the name of Christ miss the importance of Christian service in our witness to the world. See, businesses practice customer service to raise their profits. But we fail to understand that Christian service will help people discover their purpose. Business uh, uh, customer service is, is intended uh, to build brand loyalty, but we fail to understand that Christian service helps people build a loyalty to Jesus. The truth is the overwhelming majority of us are more concerned about what we get from God than what we give to others. And we fail to understand that what we give 
reflects what the Lord has given to us. Uh, Shiv Singh is a strategic advisor. Here's what he says about business. He says, the purpose of a business is to create a customer who creates customers. Jesus says the purpose of a Christian is to make disciples who make disciples. In the past, we've talked about the great commission going into all the world and preaching the gospel, teaching the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching people to observe all things. And Jesus says, Lo, I'll be with you. And then we move to the great commandment. Hear, O Israel, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Today, I want to move to that next aspect of what makes us a great person, a great people for God. We know we've got to practice the Great Commission. We we know we ought to practice and live out the Great Commandment, but today, I want to give you another great. I want to talk about the Great Commitment. The great commitment. And I want to talk today from the thought, the sign of Christian greatness. The sign of Christian greatness. Uh, We have a whole lot of people who think they are great Christians. Not because of how they live, but because of what they have. They think they're a great Christian because of where they live. They think they're a great Christian because of what they drive. They think they are a great Christian because of how big their church is or how big their gift is but but God says that there is a prerequisite there's a requirement there there needs to be evidence that backs up whether or not you are really great in the kingdom of God and my brothers and sisters I submit to you that there are a whole lot of people who come to church who are legends in their own mind they are great in their mind but they're not great according to the kingdom of God Mark chapter 10 is our foundational text today. Uh, Let me give you just a little bit of background. Uh, James and John uh, stirred up some resentment amongst the disciples. Uh, First, in in Mark chapter 9, they they were arguing over who was the greatest in the kingdom. Uh, Some petty stuff that we see happening even in the body of Christ today. They're majoring on minors, stuff that has no kingdom significance at all. And then we get to Mark chapter 10, and and they shift the argument from who's the greatest, discussing it among themselves, to now having the unmitigated gall, the audacity to approach Jesus with that foolishness. Uh, Jesus, can you do us a favor? Now, you know, when everybody, anybody comes to you, ask, can you do them a favor? Uh, you always got to hear the favor first, right? Don't, don't make no blank check promises like, oh, yeah, you know, I got you, man. What, what is it? Jesus says, what, 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 what can I do for you? What, what, what do you need? He said, um, look here, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, can, can I sit on your right and my brother sit on your left? All of the lives that need to be touched and changed. The gospel needing to be preached all around the world. And these two fellas are worrying about who's going to sit on Jesus' right and left. Um, I'll tell you all a little funny story. So when I came to Good Hope in 19, 
94, um, there were five chairs in the pulpit. It was a very traditional set up the pulpit, five chairs, and, and the preachers would run to see who could get in what chair. Uh, we had five associates, so it was kind of like musical chairs, right? There's five associates, one pastor, and there's five chairs up here. And, man, they running. Now, they know not to sit in the middle chair, but they trying to figure out which chair they can get in, who can be on my left, and who can be on my right. And, y'all, I threw them for a curve. I came in and sat on the floor. And they looked, and they trying to figure out why, why is he on the, why is he sitting down there with, where the deacons? Uh, Pastor, you know, the man of God is supposed to sit up here. You, you're supposed to sit up here. I said, no, I'm good down here. I'm good down here. He said, but, but the folk need to see you. No, they don't need to see me. They need to see Jesus. I don't need them to see me. See, everybody looking to see what I'm going to do and, and what my expressions are. I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to sit down here with everybody else. I'm going to sit right here with everybody else. I said, but I'll tell you what. I said, instead of you all sprinting to see where you are going to sit, I want you all to get excited about seeing how you can serve. I said, don't beat me in the pulpit. Beat me carrying somebody's briefcase. Beat me opening somebody's door, right? Beat me serving somebody. Needless to say, those chairs quickly became empty because none of those brothers stayed because I was determined we were going to turn this thing upside down. We're not going to be celebrities to be served. We are going to be servants who will serve. I got to tell you this little funny story. So we had a funeral, and at the time, we didn't have the Center for Hope. We had the houses, and one of the houses uh, was used as a fellowship hall. And so family is having repass, had a death in the family, had the homegoing service, and family's lined up in there. And <clears throat> uh, Sister Scurry, uh, Sister Stevens, Sister... Jordina, the bowls, they, they in the kitchen. I mean, they slaving, right? Because they cooking from scratch, y'all. They, you know, they're not like the modern sisters. They back in there burning, right? And, and, and Sister Stevens would come with them homemade rolls and that Sakatimi cake. And, and, man, and, and, and Big Annie would come with that macaroni and cheese, you know what I mean? And they back there serving, man, that sweet tea, you know? And so I'm sitting out there and they're serving and I'm listening to people complain about the slowness of the service. They complain, I, can't, I ain't never seen nothing like this. They act like they didn't know we was coming back. And those three ladies were back there. I mean, they was working as hard as they could. So Victor Bond, I got up and I went in the back and I got a picture of tea and water. And he said, Pastor, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting tea and water. He said, well, what you gonna do with it? I said, I'm gonna go out here and serve. The folk, tea and water, while y'all working back here, I'm going to take care of that. Pastor, you can't do that. Pastors don't do that. I said, but I'm a servant. And they need to be served. So I get the picture of water and tea, and I'm walking around. Tea and water, tea and water. And, and you should have, listen, you could have bought one of those ladies for a nickel. Because <laughs> she complaining while I'm pouring. 
Yeah, and I can't believe it. Thank you, about time. Thank you, summer. Yeah, uh-huh. I said, you sure that's all you want, ma'am? Yes, sir, that's all I want. That's all I... <laughs> said, aren't you the pastor? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. Is there anything else you need? Uh, no. I said, okay, thank you very much. Next. Old lady said one time, if the task for you is too low, the problem is you're too high. See, 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 these disciples, they were trying to get a position and Jesus was concerned with their posture. You want to see who's going to sit on my left and my right? Jesus says, no, I need to see whether or not you are going to make a commitment to serving as I have served. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to realize the Lord expects you to live your life differently than unbelievers in relating to other people. The Lord expects you to live your life differently than unbelievers when it comes to how you interact with other people. Verse 42, but Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whosoever or whoever desires to be great among you shall be your servant. He says to James and John, but the others are in earshot. You want to know who's going to sit on my left and who, who's going to sit on my right? You want to know who's going to have authority? He said, no, the authority that you are seeking first should not be sought by you. Second, it's not going to be given by me. He says, I, I need you to understand whoever desires to be great among you shall be your servant. He says, Gentiles rule that way. Uh, we've seen an inversion in leadership models being presented in the world. That, that there was always traditionally this kind of autocratic, dictatorial, dictator kind of leadership style, right, that just barks orders. Um, but there was a shift that took place, and, and, and people began to see servant leadership introduced into business models. Right. So that now, instead of leaders just sitting at the top, just just bloviating and pontificating and just barking out orders. No, that they're, they're actually equipping and enabling and encouraging their workers and they're seeing productivity go up when the workers and the leaders in the organization are empowered by the leader. That people feel better about coming to work when they know they're appreciated. And they know they're not being used. And let me tell you how crazy it is now. 50 years ago, 60 years ago, the average CEO made three times what the line worker makes or made at that time. Three times. Now, the average CEO makes 260 times what their average line worker makes. They're arguing over $15 an hour. That's not even a living wage. 
with people who make millions per month, who can't even identify with worrying about whether gas goes up or down. He says, uh, you, you, you have to be careful. Don't, don't, don't think you're going to lord it over them like the Gentiles do. He, he says, you become great by doing what I have done. You become great by following my lead. The world's greatness is self-serving and selfish. But God's greatness is defined by selflessness. See, in the kingdom of the world, the test is how many people do you control? How great an army of servants do you have at your beck and call? How many people can you impose your will upon? But Jesus says, no, that's not to be our model. That's not to be our model. Uh, yesterday, I went to the birthday party for Calvin Johnson. Calvin is one of our dear members, just celebrated his three score and 10 birthday on, on yesterday. And here's what was interesting. Uh, Calvin's an attorney. And I didn't know if they were going to ask me to say anything about Calvin or not, so I had to get prepared just in case, right? So I looked up, actually, I Googled attorney jokes. <laughs> I could not find one positive joke about an attorney, or let me say this, Google couldn't find one. <laughs> and, 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 and the reason... I, I was glad they didn't ask me to speak. I did find something that I could use, but, but here's my point. None of them fit Calvin. Because Calvin is an attorney who is known for his integrity. He's known for his honesty. Because he's a Christian who happens to be a lawyer. He's not a lawyer who is Christian when it's convenient. Come on, thank God for Calvin today. I, I appreciated that testimony. I did. Man, everybody that got up and talked about him, I mean, about 20 people, it seemed like, talked about him. None of them could say anything bad. They were talking about how he made friends with, with opposing counsel and, and the folk that he was fighting against. He made friends with their clients. I'm like, God, dog, boy, look, I know some attorneys. They were my attorneys, and I ain't friend with them, you know? <laughs> the sign of Christian greatness. Here's the second thing. Number two, you need to realize your desire to be great must be matched by your determination to serve. Your desire to be great must be matched by your determination to serve. Verse 43, yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. That word great, where we get the word mega from, megaphone, megathon, right? This, this idea of, of huge he said, whoever desires to be huge among you must be the servant of all. See, according to the world, you're great when you have servants. 
Jesus says the kingdom economy of God is inverted so that your greatness is not measured by how many servants you have, but how many people you serve. Jesus says, how much service are you willing to give? How much service are you willing to give? I, let, let, me just, let me just put a cord in the meter and park here to help somebody. There's somebody in here right now, your marriage would change exponentially for the better. If husbands and wives, you just made up in your mind that you would serve each other instead of waiting and demanding for the other to serve you. Well, I ain't going to serve her if she don't serve me first. Well, I ain't serving him because, you know, he just take advantage of me. If, if both of y'all just said, you know what? Let's just start over. We're going to serve each other. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing instead of you thinking the world revolves around you and them thinking the world revolves around them? Just recognizing that you have a responsibility to each other? Jesus says... When you serve, you are defining and displaying greatness. And that word servant, diakonos, is where we get the same word for deacon and minister, right? It's to serve heartfeltly. It's to serve to the benefit of somebody else. And you know what the problem is in the body of Christ? It's the same problem that's in the world. First of all, we want to be served rather than serve. Now, I'm going to mess y'all up. I'm going to mess y'all up. And some of you are going to know what I'm going to say, and I'm still going to mess you up. Watch this. Imagine breakfast in bed. Imagine the smell of bacon, sausage, coffee. The aroma is just wafting in the air. Imagine the door opening and the tray is filled with, 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 with the favorite foods of breakfast. Imagine being able to smell all of that. Now watch this. Everybody in here put themselves in the bed. You waiting for that breakfast to come to you. You're just like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, can I get some hot butter with that pancakes? That's what I'm talking about right there. Mm-hmm. Now, can I get turkey sausage instead of bacon? You know, I'm leaving the pork and we're alone. Can I get some? Right? Now, watch this. Here's what's so killer about our self-centeredness. Some of y'all know the story and you still had yourself in the bed. Some of you may not have put yourself in the bed, but you wasn't carrying the tray. So you knew the story, but you wasn't carrying a tray. You weren't thinking about who you were going to serve. You still waiting to try to figure out who's going to serve you. You're like, yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's what Pastor telling you right there. I need that breakfast at least once, a, you know, sometimes, you know, just come by, you know, Egg McMuffin, something, you know, just toss it to me in the bed, something, right? Give me something. We, we always want to be served. We don't think about serving others. And watch this. If we do serve, we don't want to be treated like a servant. We don't want to be treated like a servant. 
Oh, man, come on. That's, that's probably the biggest problem. The biggest problem that we're going to have with folk who serve the community. Don't let somebody treat you like a servant. We're going to work, work in this food pantry. And you do know everybody that comes through the food pantry to, to get food is not saved. You do know that, right? You, you do know everybody that comes through is not sanctified. Wait a minute. You do know everybody who is serving is not saved or sanctified. <laughs> right? There's some questionable, you know what I mean? Right? Listen, ain't nothing going to test your faith like somebody treating you beneath the level you think you should be treated at. Because that flesh will rise up and you'll be like, wait a minute, who do they think they're talking to? Hold on, hold on, hold on, player. Hold on, player, hold on. I'm out here, I'm doing you a favor. Hold on now. We talking to me crazy? Somebody hurry up and get that way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't be talking to me like I'm a servant or something, you know what I mean? We, we don't want to be treated like a servant. Man, at least give me a thank you. A smile, right? But what do you do when nobody says thank you? Can you serve even when people look cross-eyed at you? Can you serve somebody not because of how they treat you, but because of how God has treated you? Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to follow the example of Jesus and live a life marked by giving and getting instead of give, getting. Let me say it again. You need to follow the example of Jesus and live a life marked by giving, not getting. Verse 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here is Jesus who put aside his royal garb in glory comes through 42 generation and is born out of the womb of a virgin girl in a ghetto in Bethlehem. Based on his divine pedigree, he should have been in a palace. But he's born in a stable, in a manger where animals reside. No room for him in the inn. But he came and died for you and for me. And Jesus says, even I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and give my life a ransom for many. Do you think you are going to be required to do less than I have? Like if Jesus came to serve, who are you to think that serving is beneath you? Who are you to think that you have a right to stand and judge others? Who, who are you to think that you are better than Jesus? Jesus says, I came and gave my life a ransom for many, that word ransom is an interesting word um, because it, it literally means 
to redeem. It's the price of release. He said, I came not to rule, but to, to give my life to release others from the debt of sin that they could not pay for themselves. And if the Lord came and gave himself, Jesus says, why would you not give yourself? Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. Let's read it together. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Philippians chapter 2, you sound good. Let's read it together. Verse 3. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Matthew says it like this, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself would be exalted. So here's the question I want to ask you. Are you willing to submit and sacrifice your desires to become what you need to be in order to help others become all that God desires? See, the truth of the matter is we live so much of our lives through the lens of selfishness and self-serving and egocentrism that we don't even realize when serving ourselves is to our own detriment. True story. Some of the scholarship counselors who came, one, one brother came with 30 full rides. He was ready to give 30 full rides worth over $300,000. 30 full rides. Now, when I say full ride, listen, if I give you $100,000 and school costs you $200,000, that's not a full ride because you still got to borrow $100,000. You follow me? But I, if I give you $100,000 and school costs $100,000, that's a full ride. He had 30 full rides. A family member called another family member and said, hey, they giving out full scholarships over at Good Hope. You can go down there and get a full scholarship. I'm tired. I've been working hard. That was like 4.30. Texted them back. Hey. They open till 6 o'clock. 
and it's right down the street. You can walk there. I'll catch him next time. Now, you talking about a self-centeredness that was to your own detriment? Man, come on, somebody. See, you know that person's not grown, no, for real, right? They're adulting. They're not an adult. Because anybody that's grown, wait a minute, I can walk down the street and get 100000 I'm crawling. I may be tired, I'll fall asleep while a man is talking to me, but I will be there. What? But, 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 but that's how deadly being selfish can be. You get so selfish, you will become a detriment to your own progress and to your own prosperity. Greatest players of all time on a sports team make other people around them better. It's not how, how, how their stats are. You look at their stats, but look at the folk around them. Right? Look at the folk around them and see if they make anybody around them better. Who's a better Christian because you're around them? Who's a better child of God? Who has made a greater commitment to the Lord because you are in their life? Let me just close by telling you this. Customer service is vital to the success of a business. Christian service is vital to the success of a ministry. Customer service helps businesses retain customers. Christian service helps churches retain believers. Customers now have more options in the world than ever before. Whether you realize it or not, Christians have more options now in the world than ever before. It's not just how fast they can drive, it's how fast they can click. And they can worship anywhere in the world. What? is going to make us a place where lost souls can be found, where people who are bound can be set free. It's not based on our ability to sit. It's based on our ability to serve. And in our serving, will we add value to those that we serve? Let's pray. Father, we thank you and bless you for this day. We thank you because the good news is you reward servants. We see over and over again in your word and the parables when you come to judge, when you assess the work of your servants. Your commendation, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler now over many. Help us to embrace serving. Help us to find fulfillment in helping people become all that you want them to be. Help us, God, to model for others what you have done for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Oh, I know some of you may be bleeding because he touched you. Yeah, when he talked about the breakfast, I, I got beat up. But the truth is, we are self-centered. But I thank God that Jesus came, who was not self-centered. Those of you can and will, please stand on your feet. The word has been preached. There's somebody here today, you have not accepted Christ as your savior. This word has spoke to you. So now we come to present to you right now an opportunity to come just as you are. The good news is you don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to get right. You don't have to not think selfishness. You don't have to do all of that because God in Jesus Christ has made a way for you to come just as you are. So we extend to you right now a chance to come join this family, but most of all come and say, I want to be saved. You're forgiven of your sins. Christ died for you. So if God has been speaking to you and you've been running from it. You don't have to run anymore today. Come on right now. Visiting with us. You're deciding on if this is the church home. Well, yes, it is. Because we're going to love on you. We're going to do what God requires us to do. But most of all, you're going to be a part of a church family that expresses God's love. So we welcome you to come just as you are. If you've been coming and coming, come on now. Today is a good time to come just as you are. All right, church, it's time for the offering. Amen, amen. Now, there are several ways that you can do it. You can go online and give. We have it posted on the screen there. Now, if you are still particular and you'd like to put it in the envelope, we'll take it in your particular way as well. Amen. And you can have that envelope prepared, and we have deacons in the back that will bring a basket, or you can... Deposit that envelope as you leave today. We thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Uh, it is a blessing to the church and a blessing to the body of Christ. So continue in your faithfulness, and the Lord will do what he does with that offering that you provide to us. Amen. All right, we have some visitors here today. And if you're visiting with us for the first time, would you please stand? We're not going to ask you to say anything, but we do want to recognize you. If you're here, you're here. Amen. 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 All right. Remain standing. We thank you that you have come this way to fellowship with us. And we hope and pray that you have been blessed by a smile, by a fist bump, elbow bump, uh, whatever hug, but a kind of hug you got this morning. But thank God that you're here. We hope you've been blessed by the word. We do have a special gift for you that uh, we will re request information from you when we put the QR code up on the screen whenever it comes. There you go. All right, if you can just capture that QR code, we have a special gift for you that we will get to you. Thank you for coming. You're welcome to come back. Show some love, church. Amen, amen. Let's receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his face upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And may he bless you when you wake up early and settle late. When you go out and when you come in. In your labor and in your leisure. Until we come together again in the house of prayer. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Go in peace.
Senior Pastor of the Good Old Missionary Baptist Church, and I've got some good news for you. We have an event coming up, and for somebody who's listening and watching right now, this event is just for you. It is the Say I Do, Stay I Do Challenge. Here's what we know. Many, many couples today are cohabitating, living together, trying to try this thing out to see if marriage really is for them. Here's what you do not know. More harm is done to marriages when people live together than if they just get married. As a matter of fact, the divorce rate for people who live together and then get married is higher than for people who just get married. Now that's a scary thought when just over 50% of marriages end in divorce. I know it keeps many people from getting married. Sometimes it's fear, Sometimes it's finances. Uh, sometimes it's just us getting to a place where unresolved issues from past relationships are keeping us from moving forward and embracing the blessing that God has given to us right now. Say I do, stay I do is intended to give you an opportunity to take away all the excuses. We want to inform you. We want to inspire you. And we want to equip you to get married. So here's part of the program. You make a commitment to come and share with us and allow us to pour into you. And out of that, we're going to help pay for your wedding. We're going to help you get a dress, get a tuxedo, get the ring and make I do become a reality. But not just to say I do. We want to do everything we can to help you stay I do, to set a good foundation for the rest of your life, to set a great example for your children and your grandchildren. So it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. This is a cohabitation challenge. We want to help you move from where you are to living the way God wants you to live because we believe your best blessings are only coming when you obey God and you live the way God wants you to live. The Say I Do, Stay I Do challenge is out there for you right now. Scan the QR code to get more information. Click on the link, register. There's a limited number of slots. So make sure you get in as soon as possible to the Say I Do, Stay I Do challenge.
Hello everyone, my name is V. Michael McKay and this is... I'm Yolanda Adams. And we're here to invite you to a real important, exciting event that's going to take place November the 20th. Uh, at 6 p.m. right here at the Wortham Center. Yes, it's called Wortham. The Experience. Yes, and what we're doing is our first public appeal to invite all of you in to help support the building of the Gospel Music House Museum, Museum. right yes. here in Houston, Texas. Yes, we are chronicling and we are categorizing and we're collecting and accumulating all of this wonderful information on the gospel in Houston, Texas. Well, really Texas, because Texas, yeah. it's Houston, it's Dallas, Dallas we plan Austin, to go to Austin, San, Antonio. San Antonio. Yes, But we can't do it without you. So what we need you to do is go to the website, which is www.gospelmusichousemuseum.com. That's spelled H-A-U-S, www.gospelmusichousemuseum.com. Or you can just go straight to the Wortham Theater uh, uh, website. Yeah, yeah, website, yeah, ticket office, and get your tickets there. I know they're hurrying us. We love you guys so much. Come to the experience November 20th. We can't wait to see you there. Jesus said, whomever welcomes a child such as this welcomes me. And whomever welcomes me, welcomes my Father who sent me. Children 6 months through 5th grade are welcome to join us each Sunday at 10 a.m. to learn God's Word and celebrate God's goodness through activities designed just for kids. Hope Kids. So, scan the barcode to learn more. We can't wait to see you there. Greetings everyone, I'm Virgil Elkins and I invite you out to the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church Upwards Basketball and Cheer Program. Our goal is to promote the discovery of Jesus through sports. Cost this year is $45 and assistance is available. Now this is a call for volunteers. We'd like to have you out here to help us coach for basketball as well as cheer. Now for more information, visit goodhope.org or scan the QR code. Hope to see you there. 